Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Today, I want to jump right in and ask this question. If you, if you saw the Facebook video from this Thursday, every Thursday I try to release kind of a, uh, a video giving you an idea of where we're going this Sunday. And my question this week was, why are all the good things in the past or, or in the future? Right? We, we, why do they always seem to be in the past or in the future? And to help us illustrate this fact, We're going to go to Uncle Rico, so if you'll turn your attention to the screen. We'll need audio on that. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. What the heck are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I better go. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. If coach would have put me in fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. A heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Right on. Right on. All right, that's good. <laughs> Forgive the clip. I couldn't resist myself. But this, this is how we live a lot of the time. Even as Christians, oh, man. Back in the 80s with the cantalons, oh, we could have been something. Back in my day, oh, that revival, oh, you know, if that had just kept going, we could have been state champions. No doubt in my mind, we could have been something. I'd have been in the hot tub with my soulmate. <laughs> back when the kids were all still home, back before dad left, back, back, back. That's when, that's when it was, that's when God was really good. Back then. Or, 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 or better yet, oh man. The future is going to be so good. God is going to do amazing things. You know, when my, when my ship comes in, when my soulmate finally comes and I get that hot tub, when the Holy Spirit finally descends upon the church, and that then we're going to be state champions. No doubt in my mind. Can I just say something about both of these mindsets it's a trap it's a admiral akbar is going to come back over and over it is a trap 
You can only be alive now. Okay, Jesus came to give us life, and life what? Okay, I can't have life abundantly yesterday because I am not alive there anymore. And I can't have life abundantly tomorrow because I'm not alive there yet. Where can I be fully alive? Where can I live abundantly only right now? This is the only day that you can experience life abundantly. This very moment you were designed for abundant life. Now listen, I'm more nostalgic than probably most people in this room, which is why I like Hallmark Christmas Channel. I love, and that's part of the beauty of Christmas. Yes, we love Jesus, and that's really why we celebrate, but there's a nostalgia that comes with Christmas, and those of us who suffer from nostalgia fatigue, we, uh, we enter into it in October because we just love it. You know, it brings back all these great, happy, even you listen to the Christmas songs, they're all kind of this, oh, it was good back then when Jesus came. I just wrote a Christmas carol right here. Or, or, I'm also, I'm also more optimistic than most people. And it bugs some people, like, oh, it's going to be so good. You know what? This is definitely going to work out. There's no way this can't fail. This is great. And some people are like, can you just be practical for a minute? So listen, I'm nostalgic. I love, I'm optimistic about the future. But folks, faith can only happen today. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I can't have faith yesterday. Yesterday's in the books. Yesterday's done. I can't even have faith tomorrow until I get there. The only place, the only time that I can live abundantly or even have faith or exercise faith or choose to believe in faith is right now. This very, very moment. Faith can only happen today. And here is the trap, okay? Here's what happens when, I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm trying to exercise faith in the past, or I'm trying to exercise it in the past, and I'm always looking, oh, it was so good. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, oh, oh. What happens? I get dizzy. I get, I get whiplash. Yet this is how many of us, even as God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians, live our lives. Yeah, we can expect the world to live that way, but we're supposed, we're supposed to know the one who is a living today and we exercise like, oh, it's so good, but oh, oh, God, will you just do this? Oh, tomorrow, you got to do this. You got to do this tomorrow. And in the meantime, today, I'm, I'm, my neck hurts. Today, my, my, I'm dizzy. Today, I'm hopeless. Today, I'm in despair. Today, I am depressed because I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm not doing this. This is the only day the Lord has made right now. Today. I know he holds the future. I know he's active. He, 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 you know, but today is my day. I want to talk today very plainly about faith. Faith for more. How many people, oh God, I just, uh, how many people pray for more? Just be honest. 
I pray for more all the time. I, I want to talk about faith for the miraculous. You know what I'm talking about? Faith, dead raising, physical healing, revival bringing, tongues talking, prophecy speaking, faith. I want to talk about that today. <laughs> and trust me, I, I believe that this, if we, will, if we will get a hold of this, this has the power to transform our lives and transform our church. Because I'm telling you, I, I, oh, my heart beats for that. My heart longs for that. Who wants that kind of faith? So how do you get faith for more? Well, let's start. I want to start with some of the wrong ways to do it. These are the life postures and prayer postures that keep us in Uncle Rico's world. I want to talk about, I want to expose those things. Okay, posture one. This is the first, this is the first thing, the way not to get faith for that more. God, please, oh God, please, 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 pretty, 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 pretty sugar on top. I just, please, would you please come? Please, would you pour out your spirit? Oh God, please, 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 please. If only God, oh God, oh, I'm going to say oh God over and over 49 times because if I don't, you're, I just don't know if you'll come. You're not going to redeem, you're not going to save, you're not going to my kid, oh my God, you're not going to pour your spirit, you're not going to heal the, ah! Please, please, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast, I'll whip myself, I'll give up coffee, I'll do anything it takes. Maybe not the coffee thing. <laughs> Why do I enter into that kind of a prayer or prayer life? Because I believe today is awful. Because I believe today is empty and I'm desperate and I'm in despair. And today, and oh God, please, 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 please. I want the bike, I want the bike, I want the bike, I want the bike. Oh, as if God's going to be like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but since you're begging me, we enter into a begging, we become beggars because we believe today is empty of God. We believe empty, today is empty of blessing. We believe today God isn't good. This isn't prayer. This is begging. And there's no faith in begging. There's no faith in begging. If I am a beggar, it's because I believe you don't really want to give me that. If I knew Zeb wanted to give me that $100, I'd be like, hey, Zeb, I'll take that 100 bucks. <laughs> But if I believe he didn't want to, I'd be like, please, you don't understand. I need that because this is happening. You don't understand that I had to, I had to eat McDonald's for a week because I didn't have any money. Please, please, Zeb. Because I don't really believe that Zeb is good and wants me to not eat McDonald's. And so I enter into a begging relationship, and that's not faith. That's not prayer. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed 
begging for bread. Please just give me bread today. That's not righteousness. That's not faith. That's poverty. I think you all remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Okay? Elijah challenged them to a duel on Mount Carmel, which I was there a couple weeks ago, by the way. Just throw it out there. I love this story, and this isn't my key text, so we're not going to read it today. I just want to quickly tell you. But he gets up there. He's the only, God, only prophet of God left, at least that they know of. And, and all of Israel has turned away, and, and they're going to do a contest, basically. They're going to pray to Baal to, to burn this sacrifice, and then Elijah is going to pray to God to burn his sacrifice. And so he, Elijah says, prophets of Baal, you go first. And so they cut up their, their bowl, they put it on the altar, and they start begging. Oh, Baal, please, please, oh, you got to do this. Prove that you're true, prove that you're good, prove that you're right. And the Bible says they start cutting themselves. They're begging, they're, 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 they're freaking out. And, and Elijah starts to taunt them like the man of God. He is, hey, maybe Baal's in the bathroom. Shout louder. Could he have gone on vacation? Maybe. Shout louder. And these guys, this is the picture that we get of worshiping an idol. Oh, please because they don't really believe Baal exists. Now when it's Elijah's turn, he gets up there and he looks at the he has his altar, his his sacrifice prepared, same way as them, and you know, he, here was his here was his position. He says this is too easy. I'm not kidding. He says pour he says fill these eight barrels up with water and pour it all over the the sacrifice in the wood because I don't want anyone thinking that this started out of chance. So they do it and he's like, "Eh, still too easy. Pour more water on the wood. Pour more water on the sacrifice." And then what was his position? Did he start saying, "God, oh, if you'd all oh, you don't know that he's PI." Bible says he simply walked up to the altar. And he says, I want to get it, get it right. O God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The fire fell. He didn't beg. He didn't plea. He didn't moan. He didn't groan. He just addressed his prayer to who the God he knew existed. And what was his position? He says, God, give me more impossibilities here because this is too easy. That, when have you prayed for more difficulty? When have you asked for more problems and more trials and more troubles because it's, oh, this is way too easy. God, this is too easy. Could you pour more water on the wet wood here? And he asks for more impossibilities, and he says, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We get to James 5, 17, a book in the New Testament, and we're told this about Elijah, that Elijah. Elijah was a man just like us. You see, we, we, we take somebody like Elijah, we throw him away in the past when God was powerful, and today we don't have that same relationship. Do we? We do that. Oh, look what he did. And that, you, you can't read the Bible like that. Look what he did. Oh, of course Elijah did that. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Now, I want to address this word earnestly. Other, other translations say fervently. 
Because the temptation here is, oh, earnestly, that's right. God, please, God, 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 please, 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 you have, please don't let it rain, please don't let it rain, please don't let it rain. And that's our definition of fervent. But I want to tell you what that word earnestly means. If you'll throw it up on the screen. This is the Greek word, prosechu, or something like that. And it means this. It doesn't mean to hit yourself, to beg, to plead. It means a prayer addressed to God. Wait a minute, my theology... He prayed for earnestly. He, he addressed his prayer to God. Now, I'm not saying that there's an... I, I petition the Lord, I pray, but I don't beg the Lord because I know he's, he's good and I know he's sovereign. But I know who, to whom my prayers are addressed. You see, what happens when I'm begging? Here's the posture. Oh, please, God, if you're out there, if anybody's listening, please, any God available. That's what begging is. Oh, oh, you can use the right name, but you still have the wrong direction. It gets lost in translation because you're not directing it to God. Because if I'm praying earnestly, it's like, I, God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I direct it where? Straight to the right God, the only God. Doesn't matter how loud, how, how much you scream, or even how long you pray, what matters is where you direct your prayer. And begging demonstrates that you don't really know who you're praying to. There is one God. There is one God revealed in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So you want to see revival come? You want to see the kingdom explode? Stop begging. And just address your prayers to the right person. God Almighty, in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, the other thing we do, and I need to move on. This is another, another bad thing that we do. Another way we, we think we're praying and we think we're, we're, we're really interceding and we're going to get this more, ah, more, more. We call it faith, but we practice witchcraft. Now follow me here. I'm not talking about Harry Potter here, all right? Not all witchcraft is summoning demons and devils to do your bidding. Okay? Those are just the most blatant ones. Witchcraft is a manipulation of the spiritual to get your ends met. To get your will to be done. Follow me carefully. And I'm not talking about praying in Jesus' name. I'm talking about manipulation here. Okay, oh, here we go. Okay, 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 God. If you do this for me, I'll do anything for you. Ouch, did I step on some toes here? That's not prayer. That's manipulation. God, if you do this, I promise I'll do anything for you. If you would just heal me, I will give the rest of my life to proclaim your name. 
That's not prayer, that's witchcraft. If, if you would just give me the mega millions numbers, I will build an orphanage in Africa. I'll be a wrestling servant of you and give all of my winnings to the little ones so they could have the better foods and the better lives. That's the Nacho Libre prayer. That is not prayer. That is not faith. That is a car dealership negotiation. All right, square deal, Sam, Jesus. I'll make you a deal you can't refuse. I'll make him an offer he don't refuse. As if I'm going to sweeten the pot for Jesus. I'll tell you what, Jesus. I got this. All right, if you would just, if you will give revival to this church, I'll tell you, ooh, you're going to like this. Maybe you should sit down while I tell you what we're about to do. We're going to go nationwide. We're going to go worldwide. Let's shake on it. If only, if, if you would, I, I promise. This is not, I, I'm not going to make God's life any better. I'm not going to sweeten his pot. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not going to try to heal you so that you will spend the rest of your life building orphanages. That's not why he wants to, he wants to heal you because he loves you. So when I come, when I come to Jesus in the form of manipulation, what am I doing? I'm trying to enter in a negotiation because I don't believe he wants to do it in the first place. Because I don't believe he's good. So when I enter in a negotiation, I'm just revealing that I don't really believe in who God says he is. And that's not prayer. I'll do anything for you is a great prayer. I'll do anything for you if is a, not a prayer. It's entering the used car sales. God doesn't like to sit in the car dealerships. There's, there's, there's so many um, alarming stories in the Old Testament. And I love the fact, because every time I get to one of these, and, and God doesn't explain his moral of the story, he doesn't tell us what, what it is, he just gives us the story, and I'm like, what on earth? And you move on to the next judge, or the next king. And I'm like, no, but there's a guy named Jephthah. Jephthah was one of the judges of Israel. And this is a time in Israel's history where they were doing this, and they would, they would rebel against God, and then God, they would beg to God, and he would send them a redeemer. They would turn their lives over to God, and he would send them a redeemer. And so he sends them Jephthah. And this story starts amazingly. In fact, when I was reading it, I, I, I'm writing smiley faces in the margins of my books. Yeah, this is great. Because he goes up, he's, he's delivering Israel from the Amorites, and he says to them, hey, if Baal is God, you can keep whatever he gives you. You can keep any of the land, any of the stuff that Baal gives you, but if God's God, we're gonna, we'll keep whatever he gives. And I'm like, yeah, you tell him. You tell him. And so then the Bible says that the Spirit of God falls upon Jephthah, and, and God is sending him to deliver and, and, and knock the Amorites out of the land. And while he's on his way, he's running, he's filled with the Spirit, he says this to God. He says, oh, yeah. God's already told him, you're going to deliver, the, you're going to deliver Israel. And he's running, and he's like, hey, if you will deliver Israel 
out of the hands of the Amorites and deliver them into my hands today. I will sacrifice anything that comes out of the door to greet me when I get home. And then he runs on, and sure enough, God does it all. He delivers them, he goes out, and Jephthah gets home, and his only daughter walks out of the door. And I'm like, you idiot! And he goes through with it. He gives her a month to mourn with her friends, and then he sacrifices her in an act of righteousness. Now let me tell you, God already planned to deliver the Amorites, to just to knock them out. Jephthah was trying to sweeten the pot somehow, or, or somehow stroke his own ego and stroke his own faith to, to you know, if I can, I'm going to say something that sounds really holy and righteous right now. And it was pure stupidity. And as a result, he killed his own daughter. Listen, folks, that's what I'm talking about. That's manipulation. That's witchcraft. That is not prayers to the Most High God. If you come to God, you must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God doesn't need your convincing to do God things. Okay, so enough about what not to do. I had another one, but we're going to move on. Are you ready? Are you ready to find out how it is? So now, we've all answered this question. We want to be faith, faithful. Ama- we want to be powerful warriors for God. We want to see his kingdom come. We want faith for more. We want faith for more. Can you say amen to that? Amen. How do we do it? Well, the simplicity of this is going to make you angry. The reason we beg and manipulate is because real faith is much more simple than that. And we, we think we need to earn something, we need to do something, we need to somehow sweeten the pot. How do I do it? How do we see more? How do we see more powerful miracles? We simply smile and we say, thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. No, 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 we got to do more. No, no, no. That is the profound truth of how you grow and see more faith and grow in more faith and grow in more faith. You simply smile with gratitude. Wow. God, my goodness, you're good. For today, you're good today. You see what God is doing. It's like this. My favorite toy growing up was G.I. Joe's, right? I got a brand new G.I. Joe. Oh, this, oh, I got this one. Oh, but they got a lot more at the store. And Michael Gustafson has Sergeant Slaughter and the Marauders. All I got is Falcon. God, Dad, please, Mom, please, would you get me more G.I. Joes? Please, please. I put Falcon down. Please, if only I could have more G.I. Joes. In the meantime, he's like, well, I, got, I got you one. You got it. You got, in fact, you got three of them. So I, get to, I go to bargain. You know what? If, if you get me more G.I. Joes, I'll mow the lawn for a week. But you have to get me more the next week. Please, please. Remember, you don't need faith for tomorrow. You don't need faith for yesterday. Where do you need it? Right now. 
How do I grow? Wow, thank you for this. I am blown away by this. This is so good. This is a miracle. This is a sign. This is a wonder. Oh my goodness gracious. And if you're doing this, I can't even look to tomorrow because it's going to be bigger than I could possibly imagine. You see, he already wants to do more. He doesn't need to be convinced to do more. <laughs> How do I grow in faith for more? I say, oh, thank you for what you've given me right now. I want to get to this story in John chapter 6, verse 1 through 11. Question is, did Jesus need faith? The answer is absolutely. He was fully man and fully God. He needed faith. And he grew in grace. He grew in favor. I want to read John chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. And this is, this is a, a huge miracle that Jesus did. It says this in verse 1. It'll be on the screen as well. After this, Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And a huge crowd, many of them pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem for the annual Passover celebration, were following him wherever he went to watch him heal the sick. So... When Jesus went into the hills and sat down with his disciples around him, he soon saw a great multitude of people climbing the hill looking for him. Turning to Philip, he said, Philip, where can we buy bread for all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Just let that sink in for a second. Because this is where a lot of you are in your life. God's like, well, what are, what, what it's gonna, what are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I already know what I'm going to do. He's looking for you to look to him. <laughs> what are we going to do? Hey, what are we going to do? All right. Philip replied, it would, it would take a fortune uh, to, to begin to do it. Then Andrew, of course Andrew did it because he's the coolest and he has a great name. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and says, there's a youngster here with five barley loaves and a couple of fish. But, but what good is that going to do with all of this mob? Tell everyone to sit down. Jesus ordered. And then all of them, approximate count of the men only was 5,000, sat down on the grassy slopes. I was there, by the way. All right, moving along. <laughs> then Jesus took the, the loaves and gave thanks to God. He took five loaves and two fish, and he, wow, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, wow. I'm so grateful. Five loaves and two fish? I can't believe it. This is amazing. He took the five loaves and gave thanks to God and passed them out to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and everyone ate until full. Now gather the scraps, Jesus told his disciples, so that nothing is wasted. And the twelve baskets were filled with the leftovers. What does faith for more look like? <gasps> Falcon, my G.I. Joe. He knows it's on your heart. You want all the G.I. Joes, all right? He knows that. <gasps> Where are we going to get food for all these people, Jesus asks. Andrew says, hey, this kid has five loaves and two fishes. Yes, perfect. That's a miracle. I can't believe this kid still, everybody's starving, everybody's hungry, and this kid still has five loaves? Why would he be even bothered to bring five loaves in the first place? Five loaves, two fish, that kid doesn't need all that. Wow, what a miracle. Thank you, God. 
and then the more just comes. Then the more just comes. Because, oh God, they're all going to starve. Please, would you give me more bread? I'll tell you what. If you give me more bread, I'll do anything for you. I might go die on the cross for you or something. No, this wasn't, this wasn't, his prayer was just, thank you. Thank you, God. I love prophecy. Last week, Lowell, I love that word. I'm like, yes and amen. But I'll tell you what it doesn't do. It does not rob me of what God is doing today. If you were here in the second service, you know, there was a great word. It's exactly what I've been praying, exactly what has been prophesied about this place before. But I'm telling you, we already got the five loaves. Praise Jesus. The miracle is here. Welcome to the miracle, folks. It will grow not in your desperate manipulation, but it will grow in your gratitude and thankfulness. Oh, God. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness, you're so good. I bless your name. I praise your name. So we got that prophecy. Should we get together and start begging God to do it? Oh, please, please, please. No. We should get together and start thanking God for what he's doing. And that is, we're going to increase just based on that. So what do I mean when we talk about, oh God, faith for more, revival, renewal, outpouring. What do we mean? Here's what I mean. Maybe you mean something different. I believe, number, here's what, what I mean when I say that. People coming to know Jesus like crazy. People being saved from their sins. Are you with me on this? People being healed physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, the word of God going forth in power and changing the way we think and live and, and, and act. Changing our worldview, right? Let me ask you this. In the past couple years, has anybody in here been healed physically? Hands up high. Look around, folks. Has anyone in here been, been, been uh, touched emotionally, mentally, and transformed by the Word of God in any way? Raise your hand. Do you realize that for the past six weeks, the Gospel has been presented and we haven't had a single week where somebody didn't come to know Jesus? Now, that may seem like five loaves and two fishes to you. Because I'm picturing a stadium full. You will never get the stadium full if you don't understand the glory of right now. You guys, welcome. Welcome to the miracle. I'm not, I'm not saying it's just because we're special or anything. I'm saying it's because God is doing amazing things right now. So should we start begging God for salvation? No, we should start thanking Him for the ones we have. Oh God, I'll do any, I will do anything if you'll just pour your spirit. I'm telling you, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. How about you? Faith for more springs from the soil of thanksgiving. 
That's, what, that's, that's the way you're going to find it. That's where you're going to grow in it. That's where you're going to see the more, more, more. Oh God, you are so overwhelming. Oh, thank you so much. This week is Thanksgiving. I want, I want, you, I want this image to sear in your mind. And when you sit down to eat on Thanksgiving, you're like, and you're like, oh, I just, I don't have enough. God, I, my, my finances are... And you're sitting down to eat a giant meal. Yeah, but, but I don't know. Why don't you stop? And wow, how many people in the world get to sit down to a meal like this? Oh my goodness, God, I have more than enough. You see, your, your flesh and your own rationality will look at your finances, will look at your family situation, will look at your job, and you'll be like, oh man, I need more. Oh my gosh. I, oh, and back then it was better. But I need more then. Ah. And God says, just take a minute. You've got five loaves and two fish sitting right in front of you. What a miracle. What a miracle, church. This is the day the Lord has made. If you can't rejoice and be glad in today, no matter what's happening in your life, you're going to have a hard time doing it tomorrow. Because this is the day. Today is the gift. You have everything to be grateful for. You see, Elijah, when, when he says he was a man just like us, he prayed earnestly. You see, after the prophets of Baal, remember that story we told? He, he, uh, he, the, the fire came and all that. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. It says he, he got down on his knees, put his head between his knees, and he prayed seven times. And every time his servant's like, you see anything? He's like, not yet. And then seven times he looks up, and he says, yep, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, it hadn't rained in three and a half years. And he's like, you better hurry. You better run. You better get down there and tell Ahab to get in his chariot and get back there as fast as you can or it's going to get stuck in the mud. The mud? We haven't had mud in like five years. You better hurry. Go. Tell him. A storm is coming. But all I, all I see is a cloud the size of my hand and I got small hands. Wow. Look what God's doing. Oh, oh my goodness. So maybe all you see today is a cloud the size of your hand. Maybe all you see today is a loaf and a fish. But I'm telling you, this is the evidence. This is the truth. This is the outpouring. And let's thank God for it. Because the miracle is here. If I get a... Jenna, if you come up. And here's how I want to conclude today. First and foremost... I want to give you an opportunity. If, if, you, if the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart, you came here today, you've never, you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you, you've, you've been raised in a Christian home or something, but you've never said, God, you have everything. Just bow your heads right now. Just make this a personal moment. I, just want to, I don't want let to, to let today pass without you giving them opportunity to confess faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you want to make Jesus that Savior and give Him that place in your life and just give Him all your life, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. Now for the rest of us, we're going to spend just about a minute here. Just you 
the Holy Spirit and your table that's set before you right now in your life. If you're like me, there's a lot of things that you're petitioning and praying and asking the Lord for. And that's, an, that's good. But where's the evidence of it now? Do you look down at your table like, oh God, I'm praying for this, this, uh, this uncle of mine to come to know Jesus and I've been praying for a long time. Do you see any seeds of that promise? God, I, 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 I'm, in, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs and I, Lord, I just need you to provide. Where do you, do you see his provision on the table right now? Whatever it is, your petition, oh, God, I just, I need to know. Do you see his direction on the table right now? Even if it's just the size of a man's hand or five loaves and two fish. I just want the Holy Spirit in you to look right now. And then if you, if you want to grab a piece of paper and write just a prayer of thanksgiving. See, this is where the power for more comes. Father, thank you for what you're doing. You can take one of those offering almost whatever you want and just write that down or speak it out. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for the miracle. Wow, you're good. God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. Let's all sing that together. God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. Father, we declare our gratefulness out of the abundance of our hearts. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for, for looking at the past and the future and, and neglecting the glory of today. Father, you are alive today. You are, you are powerful today. You are good today. And we thank you so much. Let's just, I want you to stand up and say thank you, Jesus, as loud as you can. Thank you, Jesus! There we go. <laughs> Father, I pray your blessing upon each person here. Lord, as they go out, spend time with family or whatever they're going to do this week, uh, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, Father, may we see the miracle of the loaves and the fish in our gratitude today. Thank you that you are stretching and growing and transforming us and we glorify the name of Jesus together in whose name we pray. Amen. Listen.
I'm going to have some folks up here in front. If you want prayer for any reason, uh, I have a ministry team here. We just want to bless you and be with you. Uh, Have a great week. You are a blessed people, favored by God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Good news. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.